back everybody matt here with episode number six of the botox breakdown podcast uh got another well not exciting but depressing episode uh Sox have been eliminated from the playoffs gonna talk a little bit about that i'll be joined by my co-host thomas and then one of my other good friends christian so let's get into it all right welcome back thomas how we doing i'm depressed yeah yep that's gonna be the uh the theme of the show, depression. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the episode I never wish I had to make, but we're doing it anyways. Sox have been eliminated from the playoffs. Um I don't like thinking it's our off season yet. I still feel like the Sox should have a game coming up soon, but um we're in for a long winter to say the least. Yeah, hopefully we uh, we grab some good players this winter too in free agency. Definitely. Um, so Braves went off on the, the Astros last night. Uh, Franver Valdez sucks. Um, he got absolutely rocked. Yeah, still can't hit off of him. Yep. Um, cheating or not, we're still eliminated. So, uh, we really had no excuses. Probably more to pitch you a broken leg last night. I know he's a menace to society. That guy's a monster. That guy's tough. That's um, crazy. What was it like 102? He got hit and still stayed in the game. Yeah. Then he ended up apologizing. He pitched through it. Yeah, he ended up apologizing to his teammates that he couldn't pitch longer. I mean, <laughs> that that's heart right there. But what do, what do you need to do about that? I mean, you you literally have a broken leg. Yeah, yep. I mean, I understand how competitive he is, but you know what? If your if your leg is broken, it's broken. I, mean, I, I probably <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be able to walk after that. So kudos to him. Yeah, he pitches like he throws balls like ninety-five miles an hour on a broken leg. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that that's what makes these guys big league. But hopefully, he has a speedy recovery and will be back for spring training. But yeah, that that was a very depressing series for the Sox. Three grand slams yeah. just couldn't do it for us. Um, I thought we would have momentum, but that all died very quickly. I'm not really sure how. I mean, like, we just kind of stopped hitting, and then, you know. Yeah. It happened. Yep. It was like it was like what happened to us after that one series versus the Angels, like, in June, like, before the All-Star break or July. Yeah. Like, we kind of just stopped hitting after that. Our team this season was either 100% or zero. I mean, there was really not much in between. We were either really good or we sucked, and, you know, we felt yeah. and experienced all of those sides of how we played during the ALCS but you know, all good things I have thought to... the Astros were probably going to win that series but like I didn't think it was going to be that brutal yeah I mean going into it it was kind of the expectation that you know I don't know how far we would have gotten we didn't get yeah. far but I mean when we, we hit the grand slams I thought that was kind of the, the sign we were going to the world series and I was very very wrong yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think most Sox fans are wrong about that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally like once Kike went, I think he was like either one for five or zero for five or yeah. something. Once he started getting out more frequently, then I kind of felt like that was it for us. Yeah, I I think that was the game that I went to ALCS game four. Like, yeah, I just kind of stopped hitting. Mm-hmm. We just kind of drove off a cliff and just never that came back. Happened, unfortunately. 
And what's what's even more frustrating is the fact that Nate and then Sale both shoved for us in their games, but we they just couldn't both, hit a thing. They were both pitching really, really good, yet we couldn't give them run support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, run, run support is what's going to kill us. And I mean, in those games, even getting a hit was difficult. We were getting no hit through a handful of innings in the Garcia yeah. and then the Valdez start. It so. looked like you were just trying to swing for the fences every single at-bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be like we would get under everything, foul it back or hit a fly ball out to the outfield or the infield or something, but yeah, not much we can change about that now. Hopefully uh, next season we don't swing for the fences in every at-bat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, really, like, the offense was the thing that could have used the most work. In the last game of the ALCS for us, you know, if Kike caught that fly ball, that really wouldn't have made too much of a difference, assuming the yeah. pit sequencing was the same. But I don't know. It's just small things that matter in baseball, and we paid for trying to go big. We also learned that Jordan Alvarez is apparently the best player in the world. Yeah, we also learned we don't know how to intentionally walk hitters. But... I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting at least one intentional walk, especially towards the end where, I mean, he was literally throwing anything and he would find a way to either hit a double or something yeah. crazy. Triple down the line. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, didn't he have the cycle throughout, like, if you combined all of his hits in the series or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was nah. it's crazy. Because then also you could blame the umpires, but st- at the end of the day, we're out. We're we're. In the dust and Houston's There's in the world. Really could change about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever want to have to see that again. Where you get a guy like Laz Diaz behind the hip, uh, behind the plate, calling balls the and strikes. Umpiring thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get how you let a guy like him do such an important game. Like it's one thing if it was mid-season and it was the Red Sox Orioles. I get that. It's just yeah. Kind of whatever. But when it's the ALCS and. You know, this is a, a certain team's, you know, season on the line. Diaz just completely blew it. The funny thing is, like, that call on JD, I was at the game, everyone was just mad. That was mm-hmm. literally in the other batter's box. Yeah. JD got screwed all se- um, the entire series. I mean, yeah, he really did. He got rung like, off on so many pitches outside in the other batter's box. I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, like, I remember, like, that one at bat he had in Houston where there's, like, two pitches on the outside corner that were all called strikes, yet they weren't even strikes. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing you could take out of that was the umpire was consistent and the pitcher was able to recognize um, how, I guess, bad the umpires were and yeah. he just executed his pitches. But uh, it's, it's, it's things like that that could have changed the series. But, I mean, as I said in the, the other podcast for this one you know the only thing or the only way we were gonna lose is ourselves or something like that yeah but and that's pretty much how it happened yeah i mean we were so good i we could hit literally anything and scored all of our runs i think from the first couple games and that was it yeah other than like xander hitting that home run in boston Mm -hmm. yeah that was like that was the only offense we had after that Yep. It's crazy. It's like every single game would start with Jose Altuve flying out. I would get yeah. the confidence that we would be able to go in, bottom of the first, do some damage, and, you know, be able to not cruise, but have a comfortable 
lead throughout the game, and it was the opposite of that towards the end of the series. Yeah, it was like we couldn't even get a single hit until like the seventh inning. It's that was bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, Luis Garcia doing the salsa dance on the mound, and I mean that was <laughs> yeah. completely throws off timing. And then you had Framber Valdez meditating in the dugout, but yeah, it's, it's weird. He was uh, what was his name? The guy with the salsa dance. He was rocking the baby before he pitched. That oh. was weird. Yeah, no, I hid seeing that. I wanted Verdugo just to hit one right back at him. Just drill him. <laughs> nice comeback piece. Yeah, that would have been funny. but Yeah, nothing too serious, but just something to knock him out of the game. Yeah. Then the other um, moment that was just completely out of nowhere was, I think it was Luis Garcia's first start after he let up the slam. Odorizzi comes in, spends like five hours trying to yeah. warm up. I remember that. Like, that was just a complete waste of time, but... That took, like, 50 minutes, like, delay. That yeah. Was, that was weird, but we still rocked him after that. Mm-hmm. Was not even that, like, even though Evaldi had a sit for that long, he was still able to come back into the game, and he pitched really, really well. Definitely. But... He pitched really well for this entire season for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even in 20, he was the guy for us on the mound where come Evaldi day and obviously Hauk day towards the end of 20. I mean, those yeah. two guys are the most reliable. Definitely. Yeah. Tanner Hauk, he, he was three, and zero. I remember he beat the Marlins in Miami that one time. And then, uh, the Yankees, that was the only time we beat the Yankees that year. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, last yeah, season, I we just, the Braves that he beat. Mm-hmm. I remember who is it? I think it was like Acuna. Went like four ninety five off oh, yeah. like Chris Mazza or something. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. But I like looking back at the twenty twenty like roster, I could probably recognize like two of the players. I did mm-hmm. I, half of the guys we had in our rotation, like they were no names. Yeah. They were guys that probably were walking outside of Fenway T minus forty five minutes before the game. <laughs> probably coach exactly. Little League. Or something. Who is that? Yeah. I mean, some of them I recognized, but I didn't even think they played baseball anymore. Like, I knew Godley played way yeah. back, but not even way back, but still. No. It was like to bury 2020 deep down into the earth and forget about it. Yeah, we do not want to remember. I mean, at least we got the fourth overall pick and got a promising player in Mm-hmm. Football. Yeah, no, that was the biggest steal of the draft, I think. He there was, was some... projected to go first in a couple of drafts I saw. The tough thing is, is... I mean, with these draft projections, they don't really tell the entire story since every team has different needs at that time where, I mean, Marcelo could have gotten drafted first, but I forget who got took. Yeah. It was um, that catcher, something on the Pirates. Uh, what was yeah. his name? I forgot his name, but. Yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about, but yeah. no, I don't remember the draft except for Marcelo. And then Kumar getting taken super late. Lighter got drafted yeah. second. I wanted us to take Lighter, but we kind of got him stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe if we we, I mean, just tanked the entire year and not even tried to win one game, we would have had all the choices in the world. Imagine we just went 0-60. That'd be crazy. Bro, that'd be funny. I would have actually <laughs> enjoyed that last year since, I mean, it was such a waste of a season. That was the year to do it. Hold on a second. Yeah.
well, in this uh, moment of silence, um, just going to talk about the weather. It's kind of cloudy where I'm at, uh, windy, just a gloomy day, but great day to record a podcast. Hope all you guys are having a good day, chilling. Um, it's almost Friday, so that's a that's a plus. Weekend's coming up. Um, Hang, watch some World Series baseball, root for the Braves. Um, yeah, this is miserable. You know, socks are done. Never thought I'd see the day until we got a ring this year, but that didn't happen. It's going to be a long, cold off season. I think Heim's going to make some mastermind moves. Um, yeah, just have faith in Heim. He'll get us through this. We'll be we'll be popping bottles again, you know, before we know it. I'm sorry about this chair too. This is so squeaky. I don't even know what to do about it. had the uh, the ability to edit this well you know I'd probably put in some Jeopardy music I don't know I don't know what to tell you guys I think this is the greatest podcast out there I am sorry for that interruption but uh yeah my mom she's <laughs> just checking on me because I'm sick but yeah alright good to know well <laughs> I was just giving everybody an update on the weather outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to film and Yeah, my mom's leaving for work and she's just like, Yeah, it's it's really bad out right now. <laughs> I'm in Connecticut and it's just windy and cloudy today. It's just sad. <laughs> I Last guess night it was like three AM, my house literally shook because of the wind. Really? Man. Yeah. <laughs> I I hate the wind. It's just obnoxious. It just annoys me. The wind um, yeah, it's it's terrible. It literally I like I was trying to sleep peacefully, and then all I feel is my house shaking. I'm like, "What?" The? <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh, it's the wind. I forgot. It's a nor'easter." <laughs> yeah, getting ready for your house just to blow away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I really thought it was about to like the bottom of it was gonna like fall <laughs> off. I'm just gonna go take flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that the Braves are gonna win today and take a two nothing lead. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. What scares me is I feel like. Even if the Braves get a head start on these Astros and they start scoring a lot, I wouldn't be surprised if Dusty Baker hit the panic bu- button that, um, like he did against us. And Yeah. I mean, I'm not accusing the Astros of cheating again, but, I mean, it's not impossible. Some of those guys were throwing way too hard. I think it was Valdez. He threw, like, 21-plus pitches over 96 miles an hour, and... I mean, during the regular season, I yeah. think he had like one or couple, but I don't know. It was it was crazy. They were throwing a lot harder than they should have been. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like it was just hard for that game. It was hard for them like all season long. They weren't putting up velocity numbers, and yeah. all of a sudden, one game after some of them were even injured. Like I think it was Luis Garcia or somebody. Yeah, it was Garcia. He all of a sudden fixed his knee and. I think Smoltz was saying like, "Oh well, if you angle your knee a certain way, that gives you whatever amount yeah, of velocity." I heard that. It's I like, was just like, "Huh?" <laughs> yeah. So if I turn my knee a certain way, I'll get 
you know, five miles an hour added to my fastball. But, it's, <laughs> it's weird. No, it's a little shady. I'm not going to yeah. put it at anything, you know, too positive yet, but it, it, I'll just you, leave it at shady. That's the best You word. hear about the thing about the people, like, whistling in the dugout? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did, too, but, like, I, apparently that's illegal. I don't even know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, with the after the trash can thing, anything's possible. But at the yeah. same time, the odds are, you know, Houston just was hitting our pitchers, and um, the I don't think the whistling was anything. I think that the pitching was fine. It's just the fact that the offense fell off mm-hmm. at the end of that series. Yeah, I mean, with the runs that the pitching let up, it was just a couple bad pitches and a couple mistakes. You know, yeah. that just hurt us. Like I remember. I think it was uh, it might have been game one or game two when Halk came in. He left Altuve an up and in fastball, and that's yeah. what he wanted. But he smoked that. I mean, when you give a good hitter a pitch they want to hit, that bad things are going to happen. So can't blame our pitchers too much yeah. there. If we were hitting in game four, we wouldn't be in that situation where we needed to bring in Martin Perez, where we would have oh. just let up that beginning. No, when Martin came in, then that was. That was the telltale sign yeah. that things were going like to I, Boston. When I was at the game, I was like, I was like sitting near the pesky pole, and like I saw him warming in the bullpen, so I was like, oh boy, it's about time to get leaving. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, oh. I don't see Martin staying on our team. Um, I really hope not. I mean, most likely he'd just probably get sent down to the woo, but yeah, I'd rather get somebody new instead of Martin since I mean, Martin's been here, and yeah. I don't know. I'm just not. Not sold on him anymore. I want us to sign Kevin Gossman in free agency. He's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I mean, we need to just get the guy that's going to get overlooked by every other team and um, who still has upside that we can utilize next season. Yeah. Because the big money players aren't always the answer. I find that, I mean, this year's a perfect example. You got a guy like Kike Hernandez where he was underutilized um, with the Dodgers and came over to here and, I mean, he did phenomenal things this year. It's like the players that are good, but they don't get their chances. It's always like when they go to a team that they know they'll, they'll be an everyday guy. It's like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even with, like with Jose Iglesias, his situation with the Angels didn't work out. Hein Bloom swooped in and said, you know, you're mine now. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Iglesias just went off for us. And probably carried that us was the probably the reason or he's the reason why we made the playoffs he was mm-hmm. nothing but good for us i mean even in the dugout just as a clubhouse guy when he couldn't yeah. play in the postseason he was there for everyone yeah he was the one pushing the home run car and all of that yeah i heard also that he was the one who taught christian arroyo how to bunt so really yeah arroyo popped a bunt back or popped up a bunt um during one game the next game I think it was Dropped when... Dropped on a sack... Yeah, it was like, yeah, last year, like it was, the Kike Hernandez sack fly or something. Yeah, it was that game. Um, Royal gets up, lays down a bunt, but I think... Red somewhere, I forget where, but Iggy kind of coached him through and was kind of like yeah, the mentor figure that everybody needs. So, I don't know. I love he's, Iggy. He's, a, he's really nice on and off the field. Like, mm-hmm. he's... He's always going to be a great player. Like, well, he wasn't that type of player when he was with the Angels. Like, he was, yeah, he's undervalued, but, like, now he's, like, he's an everyday player, I guess yeah. you could say. I think Boston was just, you know, meant for, for Iggy. I mean, especially after we traded him in 13, 
Um, that opened up the door for Bogarts to play, but the fact that he ended up back with us was huge since I think he just loves Fenway, loves playing in Boston too. So Definitely. Did we play against him when we played the Angels that one series? I don't remember because I um, remember that Shohei, he hit two home runs in those games. I don't remember that, or I don't remember if he did. I don't remember. I don't know. I've like because twenty he played with Baltimore, then this year he was with LA. I don't remember. I I don't know. Even if we did play against him, I don't remember him doing anything too memorable. I mean, he wasn't really that type of guy. I mean, no. He, his biggest moment that I think that he had with us this season after he came over was the home run Seattle. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Like no. he, it was like two something Seattle, and then Iglesias just like starts the rally and gives us uh, something to start. Mm-hmm. With. Yeah, just in general, I really like the the buildup of our team this year, but we just came short. That happens sometimes. I definitely think that we're gonna do some damage next year as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm kind of etching in World Series right now, since I mean we have something to prove and. That's kind of the energy we thrived off of this season. Yeah. You know, just prove everybody wrong. We know how good we actually are. You guys can believe whatever you want, but we're going to prove you wrong. So, when I don't know. AC is a manager, too. He's going to mm-hmm. make us do good things. Yeah. I mean, I think during the game or games, um, some of the choices he made, I mean, could have been made differently. They were especially definitely with the a little questionable. But, I mean, in that moment, there's not a ton we could have done. Um, if you were looking down the road, you didn't want to burn out all your uh, all your arms for the next game or whatever. But yeah, I also kind of felt like if we weren't scoring early on, we kind of gave up and then tried coming back alive in the late innings, which just doesn't work. No, it's like if you only give yourself an inning to hit, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. That's a good example would be the whole Verdugo, Shaw, strike him out, throw him out thing. Oh, yeah. That was a momentum killer. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that was pretty much our only time during the game when we had momentum on our side is just really depressing. Yeah, that was that was awful. I really thought we were going to get something out of that, but no, we didn't even score. Yeah. What frustrates me, too, is that was the only time Martin Maldonado made like the perfect defensive play. And he was like, he's not that good. Yeah, he decides to come up clutch in that one moment. Yeah. I mean, he was letting balls get by him all game long, yeah. all series long. He just didn't look put together. And then he throws Doogie out. And then he gets a single before any of our guys got a hit. So it's just like, I don't know. We literally got out hit by Martin Maldonado. But yeah. That <laughs> no, Martin Maldonado just frustrated me to no end. Yeah. Those last couple of games, since he was terrible all, all series, and then he decided to show up when it counts. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know if we're unlucky or, like, bad. I, I mean, it's just unlucky, basically. Like, mm-hmm. Except nah. for when we decide to go freezing cold, like, and stop hitting. That's mm-hmm. just an example of not being... That's just being lazy, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, even though we were losing... There could have been a little bit more fight. Um, I mean, some pitches just were unhittable, but others, if you kind of just dialed it back and tried playing small ball and not trying to hit rockets over yeah. over the tracks, that could have made the difference. 
one thing that I've definitely learned from that playoff series, or that the entire postseason for us, is that we're built for October. Like, that sounded cheesy, but, like, we really are. It's like... Yeah, for sure. After that 2020 season, I didn't really think we were going to make it to the playoffs, not even anywhere close to the ALCS, like, at all. Mm -hmm. But knowing whenever we're in the playoffs, we always go deep. It's It means that we're, I guess, built for it. Yeah, I mean, even just with our players, they always do better in October. You look at, you know, obviously Nate, and even Eduardo Rodriguez, Nick Pavetta, all of them showed up this postseason. They all did phenomenal things that, you know, during the regular season, they might have choked or I yeah. don't think Eddie would have done as well. Um, just given his track Nick record. Pavetta's even got to the playoffs before that with, uh, like with the Phillies. No, nah, I mean, if you play for the Phillies, you just can count out any Basically, postseason. Yeah. I mean... On opening day, you could probably book off-season plans starting when the regular <laughs> season ends, get a nice vacation or something early. But uh, yeah. Pavetta was hype. All, oh, yeah. All ALDS. And then I wish he, he had some crazy moment in the CS or something. But uh, no, he was The thing that I wanted to talk about was like the whole thing with Xander and his contract and all thing out about that. It's not yeah. until next season. And anyways, we're probably going to re-sign him just for more money anyways. Yeah, I think his strategy is kind of go for the opt-out but seek more money, which he definitely yeah. deserves. Um, since we've definitely low-balled him for all the times we went and re-signed him and you know updated his contracts. I really hope we're not like put to the Mookie situation like mm -hmm. with him. Yeah, because with Hein Bloom also, he's very fickle with money where he's not going to just drop a boatload of cash because you want. Yeah. But then at the same time, you have to realize this has been a very consistent franchise player. Um, but then you also have captain for no reason. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, we also have to give Devers his payday at some point or even just give him a bigger contract if he wants to stay. I think he definitely does. There are a yeah. lot of players. They want to stay, but it's just like, will we pay them? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I get the whole thing where you don't want to spend a ton of money since, I mean, look at the Dodgers. They spent a boat, or not a boatload, but they have all the superstar players. And, you know, just because they all were injured at the wrong time, um, yeah, they just couldn't do it. I mean, if they were all healthy, they, their chances were much, much higher. But I don't know. There's a bigger risk-reward factor with signing, you know, players for big money. I hope that we... Bring like bring in a good player this winter, but not like drop all of the money on him. Like, mm -hmm. I hope that we bring in somebody like Marcus Stroman, like like one of those caliber players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always feel like whenever we do get the big budget player, just big budget players in general, it's a lot harder for them to live up to their contract than it is for a guy who's still very very good. But if you give yeah. them a smaller contract, it'll be much easier to exceed expectations and for, you know, fans to really appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. I kind of want us to bring in Marcus Semien, but I also kind of don't because he's going to cost a lot. Of mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I also but don't we do know... need a consistent second baseman. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Second base has always been an issue since Pedroia retired or yeah. since he got hurt. Unless we like, have Iggy still, he can definitely play second. Yep. I think also if Arroyo starts figuring it, uh, figuring out baseball again after his injuries <laughs> and sickness. I mean, he literally yeah. just got thrown into the postseason roster. Because he baseball. had to. That's the problem. Like, yeah. He had no other option. Yep. 
And even like even though he was just kind of thrown in there, he didn't do terrible. He had a home run. He had a triple. I mean, he was playing good, but I don't know. When you don't play baseball for that long because you're injured and just sick, that's that's a big task. The thing is, it happened with Kike after all the COVID stuff. He literally came back. He was not good, but then the postseason, he was like Barry Bonds. I know. Yeah, he was like, I don't know, baseball Jesus or something. I don't, he just went off. Yeah, but then he kind of started getting a little cold, and that's, mm-hmm. that was that was like the turning point of that season. It was just, you know. Yeah. I don't know. The fact that we could never have, like, consistency, it was either we're on or we're off. That's, that's what killed us. Yeah. I kind of hope that we learned how to be consistent this winter. Yeah. My big hope is that Matt Barnes uh, gains his confidence again on the mound since, I mean – I don't know. We give him that that extension. I just want him to to do decent, so it's not like he's a like a low bullpen roll. I want to be yeah. able to be trusted. I hope that he gained his confidence back. He pitched better than everybody back when like he was like April and through like yeah. June. I mean, he made the All Star team for crying out loud, and then he just looked like he never pitched a game in his life when he came into the second half. Well, the funny thing is, in the All-Star game, he literally, like, walked the bases loaded, and it was funny. Yeah. I think that was kind of the beginning of the end for Barnes, since, as we yeah. said before, he even got saved in the All-Star game. Um, By Jared Walsh. Yep. Bailed out completely. Nah. I think there we have potential to improve this offseason. What I don't want to see is us starting to unload our current players and I think we have something going for us. I just want free Definitely. agent additions. I'm happy that Haim is like a genius and didn't trade our entire farm system for Max Scherzer. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to, to handle if we dumped like Nick York, um, Blaze, any of those guys. Um, I mean, until they yeah. get up to the higher A ball, it's kind of hard to judge how good they're going to be. And even when they get there, you know, there's still no clear answer about how good they're actually going to be in the big league uh setting but no it's going to be exciting yeah, you never know if they're going to turn out to be studs or if they're going to be like an okay player it's like um what was his face henry owens he was supposed to be our next ace and then i mean most of us probably forget about him if we even yeah. remember him like or i know it, the name but like i'm not i don't remember who you're talking about you know yeah he was a pitcher I think he had, like, flowy, blonde hair. Yeah. The better example I can think of is Rusne Castillo. I mean, <laughs> I, I, he was supposed to be the superstar and paid him a whole lot of money. And yeah. <laughs> couldn't even make it. Whatever his name was, Dombrowski. Is he the yeah. one you? Yeah. Yeah. He was our money spender. Dump the farm, spend money. Um. If Dombrowski was still in Boston instead of Heim, I think Mookie might have been on our team still just because Dave tended to spend money and just dump prospects. But If we like, if we had him still as a GM, we'd probably be a loaded team right now. Like, Yeah. Mookie still, we'd have, let's see. Probably have Scherzer. Yeah, we probably would. We, we would probably have maybe even Trey Turner too. Mm-hmm. But. I think we could have had what the Dodgers got yeah. um, this year. That could have been us. But, you know, things happen for a reason. And I love Heimblum much more than Dave yeah. Nebraska. As of now. 
Now that could change. Brings in the Rays pitching coach. Yep. I think just in general, Heim's connection to Tampa could work out for us just because he knows things that we don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, even just from working with other teams when he was on the Rays, there has to be something he's picked up over time to realize, hey, this team works a certain way compared to you know, other teams. But I don't know. Heim's yeah. an interesting fellow. He, he is, but you got to love him, though. He's the reason why we just went that far. Yeah. Yep. Heim's very sneaky where he, he doesn't reveal a whole lot of his cards ever, but he will lay down the hammer and just absolutely wipe you out. That's like the perfect way to describe it. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a genius. He really is. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Heim at like a, a game of poker or something. I bet he just absolutely <laughs> smokes everybody since he's just so stone cold, but at the same time, he's, you know, He's the guy you don't expect to to, um, to absolutely ruin your season, but yeah, I don't know. I saw this thing like back in spring training. It was about Hunter Renfro. He like smoked a line drive right at Heim, but like <laughs> he said, like that's a great way to be DFA'd. Yeah, he goes on to be one of the best right fielders in the game that season. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, I think if Heim didn't have the prior connection to Renfro, I don't know if we would have gone after him necessarily, but I doubt it. Yeah. Everything works out at, at the end. I just wish also Renfro could have pulled it together a little bit during the playoffs. He, like, turned into the worst hitter in baseball during the postseason. Because mm-hmm. he used to be so good, and he used to be so consistent about just solid contact and, you know, either driving the ball to the opposite field or whatnot. And then I think he was just going for home runs every, every at-bat. I mean, that's kind of the general consensus I got. Yeah, I think most of the players were doing that. I think what Renfro had or happened to him was the same thing that happened to Vasquez, where I think he just wanted to turn himself into a power hitter overnight kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah. It's like I mean, Ben he and always Tech. has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he connects, that ball goes a very long way, but he had I don't like know. the longest home run distance in the entire league. Hmm. I still remember that Franchi bomb in Philly that went like oh, four hundred and like eighty four feet or something. Four seventy four was the distance. Yeah. Yeah, and now Franchi is stuck in Worcester. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't really like him that much, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things where Franchi, I think, is the new Ruzne Castillo. Yeah, um, <laughs> where he's he's absolutely phenomenal in, in in the woo, but when you call him up, he's he's just tough to watch. Yeah, he was striking out, missing, like, really good pitches to hit. It was annoying. Uh-huh. Like, me personally, I wish we would have kept Ben Benintendi for, I think, at least up to, like, the All-Star break, see how he did and at that trade deadline. Then we could have dumped him, but if he had the resurgence since he reconnected with AC, I don't know. That would have He had a good season with the Royals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard a lot of people saying bad things about it. I think it was like his average or something, but I don't know. Average doesn't mean everything. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I don't know. Benny, towards the end of his Sox career, just got really inconsistent with the strikeout numbers, and his yeah, swing was just was off. He favorite player for a long time. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I still have the Ben Benintendi jersey. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> no, Benny was the guy. He was. I got my Benintendi jersey at the start of last season, too. 
Yeah, same. Same. I thought it was going to be the year of Ben and Tendi, and very wrong about that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I don't know, because I'm trying to think. I hope Schwarber ends up coming back. I um, I don't think he will, but I definitely want him to. Yeah. I really want him to come back. Mm-hmm. Our first base situation is tough, since let's just say we do end up bringing Schwarber back. So that means we have Schwarber, Dahlbeck. But then if we want to call up Cassis at some point, then that kind of uh, moves either Dahlbeck or Schwarber around a little bit. I don't know. We definitely are probably going to do something with Tristan Cassis, I guess, next season. Yeah. I think he'll definitely get some big league time because mm-hmm. he, he proves that he deserves it. For sure. I mean, he just rakes. I mean, double A, and then he played a little bit of triple A towards the end of the season, but he was yeah. even raking there. But He had like know. a triple, two home runs. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. No, he, he's just unreal. And the fact that he's coming up so soon is very promising. Definitely. I think that he's going to be the one of the best first baseman in Sox history if he keeps playing up to his potential. Got to write that one down so when he when he's getting his Hall of Fame induction, I can say, you know, episode number six, all the way back in 2021, before he even got called up, we, we knew he was going to be good. Well, he might not be one of the best, but he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys, it's so hard to judge since they're young. They, you know, obviously they don't see a ton of big league time until yeah. their first official rookie season. Even spring training is a tough one to judge since a guy like Michael Chavis had a monster spring training and then, you know, Bobby just... had a monster spring training. Too. Yeah. Yep. You had like um, two grand slams. Mm-hmm. Big Bob is made for August. That's what I've determined. I mean, I all the other months... I love Bobby, but he needs to start hitting the ball every month of the, of the calendar year. If Bob had as good of an August or, you know, just if he played as good as he does in August for the rest of the season, he'd probably be getting rookie of the year. But yeah, I mean, inconsistencies is just hard to watch. He was great during August. I love watching that Bobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he literally, he is like Barry Bonds. I mean, that's the best comparison. We can yeah. Make. Just hit everything. He still had like a really good year too, even though he was only hot for like a one full month. Mm-hmm. 25 home runs as a rookie, that's crazy. I know. I feel like we, not just Red Sox fans, but baseball fans in general kind of discredit Bob a little bit. It's one of those things, if you watch him every day, if you watch Sox games for, you know, all 162, you're going to find things that other fans don't necessarily see. Definitely. But I, I mean, I could go the same way for about any other team where, like, I don't watch, like, San Diego Padres baseball, so there's probably some guy doing something similar to Dahlbeck or whatever. Yeah. Like, they obviously have, like, the one player that everybody knows, Fernando, but... No, I've never heard of that guy before. I yeah, I, who, I mean, yeah, I just saw his name on the news. I don't, I don't really know who that is. <laughs> there's some other Manny guy, too. I'm not familiar with him either. Isn't he, like, but... a, isn't he like one of the players that like, played in the Orioles back in the day and, like, hurt that guy named, like, Dustin Pedroia or something like that? I don't know. I, I just, I don't know... Manny or the Fernando guy. I don't know. I only know who like that you Darvish guy is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
I thought he was still on the Cubs, or not even the Cubs, <laughs> the the Rangers. <laughs> I kind of forgot they even had like Blake Snell and you Darvish, and they I know. still were terrible. I I mean injuries could absolutely demolish your season, like definitely. If Darvish was healthy, if Snell was healthy, and then even if Mike Clevenger was healthy, and I forgot they had it, Mike Clevenger. Wow, I know. Yeah, no, the Padres were just hurt with injuries. <laughs> Completely hurt with injuries. And then, yeah, it was... I mean, I don't really like them, so I like to see that happen, but it, mm-hmm. they had such a disappointing year when they had high expectations. It was supposed to be the, the battle between the Dodgers and the Padres in the NLCS this year. and I mean, they had some pretty competitive games early on in the season, and then everything just fell apart. I don't yeah. know, but that's baseball. And now but... it's like the just a battle the Atlanta and the Dodgers. It's funny. Yeah. How? It's funny how I think the Braves had a worse record. It's actually no, they had like a tiny bit better record. But mm-hmm. still, though, it's not like the the Braves were like the 2018 Sox or anything where they yeah. knew they were going to win. The Braves just got, you know, they got the right players at the right time, and they just knew how to how to execute. Yeah, they got Eddie Rosario. They didn't know he was going to be that good at all. They got Duvall. Uh, what's his name? Jorge Soler. Yeah. I don't know. It's like they got Adam Duvall again. Like four players during the trade deadline. All of them have contributed great amounts to the postseason success. It's like it's like the little players, but you know that they're gonna do something good for you in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Braves kind of had a very high trade deadline where you get the guys yeah. that other people might overlook, but you know that they're gonna be there. Yeah, it's like it's like a Kike Hernandez situation. Like we all know that he's a good player, but you didn't know that he was gonna turn out to be this good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's just kind of the new direction of Boston baseball, where we're not gonna be getting the massive, you know, contract like a Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts kind of player. It's yeah. gonna be we're bringing guys up from the farm system. Um, we're gonna rely heavier on you know less known players, I guess you could say, and like. Get them yeah, back and have right. a career year or something nuts. Like Renfro. I mean, people know who he is, but like he had a really good year for us. Yeah. I mean, I think even just the fact that you're playing in Boston for such a big market team also boosts exposure a little bit. Yeah. Well, Kike Hernandez, he played for a really big market team. Huge too. market team. Yeah. Dodgers are giant. I think it's like the most like expensive team in the league mm-hmm. it's like the red sox yankees and dodgers are like the biggest market teams out there yeah definitely but i don't know i'm yeah, excited the, dodgers have the highest payroll by like a lot of money <laughs> i mean if you just look at their team build up it's like an all-star team it's like something you do in mlb the yeah. show it's like a video game bellinger mookie bats scherzer um, I wish Kershaw stayed healthy. That would have been fun to watch him. I wish Trevor Bauer didn't, you know, do what he did. Oh, my God. Bauer, he's doing – I don't know if you've uh, watched his YouTube channel, but he's yeah. been doing, like, watch parties. And yeah, I saw that. His... I remember, like, it was the uh, game – it was the day of the wild card between us and the Yankees. And I told my mom, wait, Trevor Bauer's back? And I know. he's just, like, streaming. Out, and she's just like, what? It, I, not that I forgot about him, but I kind of forgot about him. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, I was a big Bauer fan before he did all of that. But... I know, me too. I liked his energy and all that, but no, when you catch a case in baseball, that's never a good thing. Oh yeah, I keep saying these things, saying that we should pick him up if he like his legal stuff goes away. I don't think that he'll ever pitch a major league like game again. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think he could, but just he not for the Boston could, Red Sox. I don't think he will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it all depends on how badly you need a pitcher that is like Bauer, who you know, their track record isn't the cleanest of all players. But yeah, if you need that pitcher, you're going to go out and sign him in the name. He would definitely like, thrive for us, but it's just like we mm-hmm. he would need to leave all this off of this stuff behind and just think about the future. Yeah, it'd also be like brutal from a media perspective where you yeah. sign a guy like Bauer and now it's kind of just like suicide for you know Bloom to have to say yeah we're going to disregard all that <laughs> even in the past but every question is going to be you know why'd you sign Bauer Bauer's a criminal Bauer's this Bauer, and it's just like I don't that's know. what's going to happen to anybody if they pick him up mm-hmm. yeah this is going to be a lot of controversy yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. that's like with Marzello Zunia, if anybody else picks him up, it's going to be crazy. Dude, I completely forgot about him. And I had him on my fantasy baseball team, too, this season. And... I think I had Verdugo on my fantasy team, and he was he popped off for me. It was. Mm-hmm. I had Kike, Doogie, and Devers on my team. I mean, my, <laughs> my team was dominated by Red Sox players, which I kind of did unintentionally. I went in thinking, you know, I'm going to avoid, you know, just Sox players. But we did yeah. actually really good this season. A lot of guys had great seasons so i don't know it's always something you love to see mm-hmm. yeah it's like i would have you know kike devers verdugo and then once sale came back i put sale in my rotation i had whitlock in my bullpen for yeah fantasy. he probably didn't even get taken like the he probably could find him in free agents yeah yeah i don't know i think this might be one of the most underrated Sox teams maybe of all time. I mean, we had no expectations yeah. and we made it so far. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know who Gary Whitlock was until like he pitched for the first time for us. Like I didn't even know we had him. I didn't even know like, yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a guy who pitched for us in 20. Like that's how no name he was. And yeah, well, like, now he's now someone different. that everybody like loves and relies on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, his story is wild. The fact that two Tommy John surgeries, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, Yankees dumped him, and now he's now he's home. This is what happens when you don't believe in a player. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna they're gonna come back and haunt your dreams. Yeah, it gives them a fire, and that's what the Sox run off of that yeah. that fire. Definitely, it's it's a great comeback year for him too. He pitched really really good for us. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, he has a lot of talent, and he's he's so young in his baseball career and in his baseball life um i mean considering this is for life yeah literally (laughs) i'll be interesting to see how he does next year since i mean if batters figure him out i don't know how easy that is to do when there's so many different guys you could face but um yeah whitlock is filth it'll be interesting to see also what cora ends up doing with how and Whitlock in the rotation. I don't know if yeah. Whitlock's going to come out of the pen because, I mean, he's done so good there. But I wouldn't yeah. mind if Whitlock stayed in the pen and was kind of like the inning eater guy to put in for two, maybe three if you really needed it. But Yeah. I don't know if you remember uh, when, what's his name, Cutter Crawford pitch. But yeah. That was not good. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, any of those guys that got called up for – to fill in like a COVID spot. Yeah. I didn't really have any expectation for them, but um, I mean, if 
he ever comes back to the bigs, my expectations will definitely be a little higher. Do you remember? Forty-seven minutes in, that was the uh, first cutout. It's because I actually opened my AirPod case. Just <laughs> kind of like, uh, I was well. I was talking about uh, what's his name, Connor Siebold, his first ever start. And yeah. Kind of I mean, there was a lot of guys that got their first career starts um, for starters, but I mean, all of them were on very, very short notice. So I mean, they didn't get a ton yeah. of time to mentally prepare. I remember Jonathan Arrows. He was like taking a nap, and he got the call that he was going to play in for the major league team. The next yeah, morning. it was like he got a call in like one in the afternoon. He had to go on a plane to, to Cleveland or something, get on the bus from yeah. Buffalo to Cleveland. Then that game, he had a three-run shot to win <laughs> the game. Yeah, no, Arrows is he's something. Because he was another, I think, Rule Five guy that we picked up from Houston. Um, yeah, I mean, he played for us last year. He had his first career home run against us in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I kind of remember that. I kind of do, too. I was, like, watching. It was, like, the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. I was watching the game on my phone on the way home from, like, baseball or something. And then, yeah, he hit a home run. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think also a 20, if it was a full 162-game season, I probably would have remembered a lot less. But because it was so short, everything yeah. was much more fresh. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of grateful that the season got uh, shortened because I didn't want us to be terrible that year. No, like I mean, 62 and 100, like Baltimore <laughs> bad. No, that would have been embarrassing. I mean, it already was embarrassing, but that would have been yeah. even worse. But. It's just crazy to think that we're fifth in the AL East to ALCS bound. It's it's crazy. I know. Literally, worst to first in the division. Or not worst, but we did pretty darn bad. I'm counting it as yeah. worst. But, I mean, in 2020, we were the worst. We literally finished like a game and a half behind Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it goes, though, for the Sox. I mean, if you look at like 2013, for example, we went worst to first. 18, yeah. not so much since we were kind of developing a really, really good team. But this season was definitely one of those worst to almost first situations. Definitely. I really thought we were going to make the World Series this year, but it's okay that we didn't. I I have bigger expectations for next year now that I know what we can do. If we were as good and as consistent as like the 2018 Red Sox this season, and if those expectations were high, I think the loss out of the ALCS would have hurt a lot more. But yeah, I mean, I'm, the I'm more... expectations were never that high for us at all. Mm-hmm. I'm more proud of this team than I am disappointed. I mean, obviously... You'd love to win the uh, World Series, but at the same time, this team did so much with... They fought, um, fought till the end. Yeah, yep. That's the mentality for the entire year. But, we took uh, them to, to like, the best team in the American League to six games. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot about the players on the team. They wanted to win, but it kind of... All fell off, but it's okay. We'll be back next year, bigger and stronger. Definitely. I wonder if Jaron Duran will get more playing time next season. I have a feeling he could. Um, this year was once again kind of a weird one. He got called up and he was good, and then yeah, he, his kind first hit was out. all the first pitch he saw too. Mm-hmm. Off of Garrett Cole. Yeah, all of his first career hit was at against Garrett Cole in New York, and then his first Fenway hit was against Garrett Cole at Fenway. So. I mean, I guess that's kind of cool to say. 
Uh, I remember Jeremy. his first home run. It was like that game he blew out the Blue Jays. Renfro hit a grand slam in the first inning. Yep. Yeah, that they we were um, Jays were still playing in uh, what Buffalo. was it Buffalo? Yeah. I don't know. That was that stadium was just meant for home runs and. Oh hits. yeah, I mean it is a minor league park. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It'll be an interesting off season. Not even yeah. officially in it yet, but for us, we're in it. Got it. We have the guy in section ten that just left. We still have to rally cups. That's still. I know, Steve. No, yeah. Steve's a living legend. That guy oh, is yeah. the best. I was watching Zach Campbell's video the other day at Game Four, and he met him, and I was like, "Oh, he's so lucky." Yeah. No, Steve is a man of the people. I mean, oh, yeah. just in general, Section Ten is like the rallying force for the Red Sox. I mean, they started the so first ever like podcast I listened to them was the Verdugo one when he was talking about like talking to the guy at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I don't even remember when I started listening to Section Ten. I think it was like a little after he won in twenty eighteen, something around then. It's wow. a long time ago. I, <laughs> I mean, partially why I started this show is because of them, but yeah, yeah. No, they're they're awesome. Carabas, Coley, and then now Steve's gone, but yeah, on to bigger and better things. He's gonna, he's gonna start his own new thing called Rally Cups. Yeah, yep. His new podcast, Trash Can This. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna wrap it up here. Um, All right, another good episode. So, yep. thanks, thanks for coming for on me, again. Dude. Oh well, yeah, we had the same idea, but thank you. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Well, off season starts now for us. Um, preparing for some. Minor moves by Hein, but I know we're going to win the World Series next year. So I'm going to leave it off on that note. But good chatting with you. And we'll be back for episode number seven. Peace.